Hi, I'm Alex, the founder of Hello My Tribe. Welcome to our podcast where we connect women, mothers, and experts. I started Hello My Tribe because as a new mom, I was desperate for community, support, and understanding. So this is a space for honest conversation. We are here to dig deep, to chat about the real stuff, including rough days, and to share inspiring stories. At Hello My Tribe, we have two big beliefs. We believe in guilt-free self-care, and we believe that motherhood is a team sport. I'm so thankful to be on this journey with you. I'm so excited to be talking with Andrew Lamont today. Andrew is a visionary and brings an amazing amount of energy to all of her passions. She founded the Kindness Campaign in 2015 after her friend's 12-year-old daughter committed suicide. The nonprofit's foundational message, I Am Enough, is also the focus of her band, The Misses. At the heart of it all, she is a mother of two daughters. Andra, can you take me to that moment that you decided to launch the Kindness Campaign? Sure. You know, I don't know if there was ever a real moment where I just said, ah, you know, I think I want to be running a nonprofit. I don't know if anybody says, ah, yeah, you know, I want to spend my days running a nonprofit. But I think when it all began was when I was really wanting to connect more with my kids. And it was over a, um, a time that I was struggling, and it was out of fear, really. Uh, a, a dear friend of mine had, um, her daughter had committed suicide at the age of 12, and she had been bullied. And I was struggling with my daughters when they were younger uh, in wanting to, to really make sure that as a mom, I was I was there for them. And in doing that, I created a journal that would really help us. There were these writing prompts, and it was uh, something that I thought would work for me and them, and we did it together. It was called See It, Say It, Write It, the first version, and it was something that they could take into the school to help them also. It was something they could write with me, and then it was something that then they could take with their peers and exchange acts and words and, and things of kindness, and it had a sticker program in there too. So that was really the beginning of the kindness campaign. Wait, so as a mom, you just, you know, dreamt up this journal <laughs> and put it together and sent it with your kids. I did. I Wow. I think it was, like I said, I, I felt like, you know that whole idea of uh, see, no, see no evil, hear no evil, mm-hmm. speak no evil, mm-hmm. the little monkeys? Yep. I, I one day was just talking with a, a dear friend of mine, and I was talking about all of that. And I was just like, if kids today could just see kindness more, hear kindness, speak it, maybe, you know, feel that support in some way, maybe that's where they would feel connected right. in, in, in that and, and connect with each other with that and give them the words. Maybe, they're, maybe they don't have all the words yet. And that was where that journal came from. And all the cute little stickers that helped them find those words. And what does every kid want? A sticker. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Well, so this started off as something for your family, right? But then blossomed into the Kindness Campaign, a nonprofit that reaches tons and tons of children in schools and different programs. So yeah, what is, tell me a little bit about like the mission of the Kindness Campaign and how it operates today and the impact that it's making. Absolutely. So it started off, we were in five schools. And then when we launched out, it was, um, you know, we I actually I hired someone who 
has had years and years of experience of creating, uh, been a teacher and could really dig in and help me create the curriculum. So we went back, we, we partnered up with AISD here locally in Austin, and we really talked about what the needs were. Because if, if you think about it, I created that first journal in a vacuum, right? I created it for my kids mm-hmm. and me and my family. And so when I met with uh, the director of health and wellness for AISD, I said, what, what is it? What's going on in the schools? Like, what is it that you really, really need? And one of the statistics that she told me that was completely shocking and that really is the basis of, of what we do at, the, at TKC is that one in four kids come into the school system having experienced some kind of trauma by the time that they are three. And I was blown away by this. I thought, are you kidding me? Three years old, that's early. And she said, we don't really have any tools for those kids. Uh, the teachers are really lacking the for those early non-readers. So we went back to our, what I would call the TKC drawing room, which is AKA my house. <laughs> and um, and we started building out what, what are now these tools. And we launched with all the counselors of, of AISD into 50 schools our first year. Wow. So we, we really had a big, you know, hill to climb our first year of really meeting the needs of all those teachers and, and all the, the schools. And um, it was, I had to, I, you know, I had, I had uh, to hire a couple more people to help and volunteers. So we launched out. And then this last year, we're in our third year. Uh, we have over 80 schools and over 80,000 kids working the program. <gasps> Oh my God! Since then, we've had over over fifty requests nationwide for our program. the The program is both curriculum based, meeting the nationwide standards, but also it's interactive. Mm-hmm. A big key piece of our program is really the fundamental foundation of wanting kids to know that they're enough, and that's where we bring in our magic mirror to the schools. And we have kids go on a journey to see themselves as enough. And that's where we get to really talk with the kids. Absolutely amazing. So for a child that comes to school already experiencing some trauma, you know, if, if they're not supported in the right ways, like through the kindness campaign, you know, what does their future look like? So we are a supplemental program. So there is lots of ways for um, for the kids to be supported through us. But it takes there. What the, the the different kinds of ways that we support them is it's got to involve their parents. Mm-hmm. So we have a parent component. We have the teacher component, and then of course there's the SEL that social emotional learning component all involved and something that I think you guys do so well here is a mindfulness component Mm -hmm. so all of these things are what we what we support the child with but if you don't have all of that there for the for the child there's there's they go lost. They get mm-hmm. lost in the system. And that's what we're seeing because another statistic that I found that was super, super shocking was that by the time they get to high school or even 10, that the third leading cause of death for children is suicide. Ugh. So we kind of have this window of time we're operating in where we want them to have our tools and all the other tools that are coming into the school system to really support the child. And it takes that thread where, you know, from the parent, that home 
connection piece all the way through, you know, to the teachers that are supporting them so that they have this language of feeling like they are enough just the way they are and to have that, you know, language between each other as students, you know, Mm -hmm. knowing how to have empathy, to have, you know, uh, self-awareness, emotional attunement and, you know, really feeling like they have a community. Wow. And so being the founder of the Kindness Campaign, um, you're in schools a lot. You're chatting with parents. You're chatting with children. I mean, so what is going on in our schools and our, you know, how we're raising children? And yeah, it just sounds like a really hard but also helpful job. But like you hear a lot of really sad, almost like horrifying stories of what these children are going through. So we do hear a lot of the stories. And, you know, I, I like to say, at the Kindness Campaign, we like to focus on the positive at yeah. all times as much as possible. But there are those stories that that we hear that will just really kind of break your heart. And it, and it keeps us very motivated to realize that we, we're there for a reason. We're there to really wrap our arms around those kids that need us most. And, you know, a lot of the partnerships we have, too, are for, like, Seedling that's here in town. They, they're, we're there for those kids where the parents are incarcerated, right? They don't have anyone there telling them that they are, you know, that, that they're doing a great job in mm-hmm. school or, hey, you're smart, you're brave, you're courageous. And so we're there for those kids. But some of the, the most recent stories, there's been a very publicized story right now that's been on the news with um, a sweet girl. And I won't, I'll try to shy away from really uh, making any uh, names apparent, but there's been a very public story recently and, and you know, with a, a child who was bullied all year long. And it's, we, we were just, we just had her at our house. We reached out to her at our kind house and we reached out to her and told her, hey, you're not alone. You know, TKC is here for you. But with her story, unlike it's, it's, she's very similar to all these other stories. I've found that she's she's similar to a story I've heard in Houston. What happens is these kids, they may stand up for another child. And when they do so, and other children may glom on to them, and, and it's this this bullying mentality where they come on to them and they start bullying through social media. And it's this mob mentality where the one child will feel that they're alone and they're isolated and then they have no other alternative but and they get advised to either shut down their social media and then they become the, the basically they're the they're the victim in the situation mm-hmm. and then they become the person that's the that's the outcast when they were trying to stand up for someone else and it becomes this this very bad scenario where no one wins really and it's hard to help these children because the language isn't there for them to really help or empathize for each other. And right now that's what's happening right. in the upper grades. And we're, we're really hoping to to help minimize that. Well, and I think also, you know, not only do they not have the words, but like the world is still so small. And it's like, you know, if they speak out, they can only see the negative, you know, effects of what happens to them. Like there's that fear, right? Um, yeah, it's that's a scary time. Well, and the thing is, is what are we teaching our children? Don't stand up for someone because right. something might happen to you. I mean, in the past, it was always like stand up for the little guy, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, you should protect the little people because they 
they need help or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? I mean, we should always stand up for our brother and sister because they need a hand or help the person next to you. And right. and the idea here is that that's not the case because somebody might not like it and they'll go to social media and guess what? They have 10 friends and you're going to, you know, you'll be the outcast before you know it. Right. And then you have a whole year of bullying ahead of you. And it's really, it's really scary. And the kids today, what's happening is, and I don't know if you watch 13 Reasons Why. There, I have, There was yes. a whole, what happens is they don't see that there's an end in sight. Exactly. And I think that's what I mean by like that small world. It's like, it's your home life and your school life. And those are the only options. And so, yeah. We're, what we're finding, especially with the kindness campaign, is that we're needing new tools for this new age of bullying. Mm-hmm. And- Right now, being that, you know, we're three years in and we, we are, we're getting great partners. We had Lady Gaga and her Born This Way come in, the foundation come in and partner with us. Wow. We're, we're partnering and getting stronger with other uh, great organizations out there. And I think that's so important today to really, you know, come together as a unified front for our, for our future leaders out there. Our, our, our kids need us more than ever today to come together and show them that we can build a force for them so that they have something for the future. And the thing is, is what we're seeing is that these kids, as they are, as this is coming together, as as the, you know, the bullies and, and these these tools are coming, you know, falling apart, we're building a future for them. With kindergarten, we're, we're building a language for them. We're, we're helping them, you know, see that there is, there's more for them. And I'm hoping that, you know, before, we, before you know it, there won't be this huge mob bullying mentality, but, but empathy for one another and mindfulness for one another and, you know, a source of societal kindness that's that's my goal. We need that. We need more of that. Okay, let's talk about social media for a minute because I always say, and I think this is very known now that you know social media and just media in general, it's hard on women, right? In terms of expectations, um, self esteem. We know that it you know it triggers and encourages bullying within children, like depression rates, suicide rates have gone up with the, you know, introduction of social media. I also say with mothers, you know, yep. it, you know, there's shaming, there's judgment, there's, again, expectations, self-esteem. Um, so, I mean, what is your advice for, for moms out there and children like social media, no social media? I mean, when all of the kids are on social media, you don't want your child to be left out. But how do we fix this problem? So it's a big um, question, I know. It, no, it's a big question, and I think that for for moms, there every every family has their own way about their own rules. So I don't like to speak for other mm-hmm. families, and and you know everybody should do what's best for their own family. I will I will say that my advice, and this is my personal advice, is to delay as much as possible. I think that that um, children today have a have a they're going to have their whole life to to be on social media. But as much as driving a car is dangerous, you need to think about social media in those terms. It is social media can be as dangerous as driving a car because there's a lot of responsibility with it. And you can introduce social media in that same way. 
Be a, be a passenger in the seat with your child mm-hmm. as you introduce social media. Do it in such a way. It's the same thing with the phones, right? Delay it as long as possible. Give the phones in, in a way where it doesn't have as many tools uh, on the phone as it would whenever, um, you know, like a smartphone, right? You do it without all the bells and whistles at first. I would say just delay as long as possible. My daughters are 10 and 12, and maybe not everybody agrees with this. They still don't have phones. Yeah. Well, there's this whole group called, I think it's called Wait Till Eighth, where these parents are banding together so that their child isn't the one left out, and they're making a commitment to wait until eighth grade. Well, before my, kids get a phone, my kids have told me that they are the only ones without phones. They are the only, and I and I'm like, and I I'm okay with that. Yeah. They also tell me I'm I'm <laughs> the meanest, strictest mom there there is, and that's okay. Yeah. So I, it, you know, there are things like I said, every family should have their own set of rules that applies and works for them. Uh, I I don't. I just know that it's you need to look at your child and see what your child can handle and can and can navigate and then navigate with them we just my husband and i just sat down with our children last night and let them understand that no matter what we will always be checking their social medias their well not their social media their computers Mm -hmm. checking their histories checking what they're looking at youtubes and things like that on their computers as they're navigating because it's important for them to understand that those are those are dan- those can be dangerous devices and we're with them in the passenger seat just as when they drive mm-hmm. right because um that's that's today's world yeah so you're a little ahead of me on the motherhood journey my son will be 4 in september congratulations <laughs> i'm amazed i made it this far yes. um so what advice can you give us moms just about bullying in general mm-hmm. you know like whether you know your child is is bullying someone else or being bullied themselves. I mean, we have to prep our children. And I mean, gosh. So um, it's sometimes hard and difficult to see if your child is being bullied um, or if they are the bully, right? So um, there there are certain things you can start to, to tell as they get a little older, but there are things that you can kind of look for if they are becoming um, a little shy at home or they don't want to go to school. That's definitely mm. an indicator. When they're younger, it's a little bit more difficult unless they shy away from a particular person mm. or um, you know they are um, becoming slightly they talk about a certain person in a certain way, those kinds of things, or they outright tell you. Now, sometimes there's the biting when they're younger at four, you know, the, the, that's sometimes a a, a known sign mm-hmm. for there, there are certain They don't know you, how to communicate. They that's don't, how they're... There's frustrations and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there are certain signs and symptoms you can look for. A teacher might tell you. The thing I can, I can tell you at any age, we at the Kindness Campaign treat whether you are the bully or the bullied the same. Right. And if you are a parent of either of those, if your child is either a bully or the bullied, do not do not fear. Mm-hmm. That is your child experimenting. Right? So do not get af- do not get upset, do not get a- afraid. It is just a matter of language and I've had people reach out to me and saying, I think my child's the bully. Mm. What do I do? We don't, we don't do that at home. They may be experimenting. Mm 
so don't get afraid. Or maybe they they've modeled they're modeling behavior that they've seen somewhere else or something. All you need to do is start opening a dialogue. Communication is everything. Everything whenever you whenever you're with your child and talk through what that is. There you know what what are you feeling? Talk through feelings. Feelings helping your child understand breathing, taking mm-hmm. a minute to step back and realize what they're feeling, right? If your child is being bullied, again, also talking through the feelings and talking through why that might be happening. And then, of course, addressing it with the, the teacher right. or, where, or where the caregiver, wherever it might be happening. When I think thinking about like the younger child who's biting, it's, you know, it's so important to just take that step back, right? Mm-hmm. And ask, like you said, ask why. Like, it's not because your child, you know, is a bad child. Right. Ever. It's what's happening. Why is this going on? Because there's always another reason. And I think it's, you know, just to take a step back, take that deep breath and figure out the reason why. Why is always a good reason, I think, for, for anyone in any relationship. And as we are parenting, you can even think through this with your your spouse or your significant other when you are talking through any kind of relationship that you're in. If you are feeling like there's a disagreement or something is Mm -hmm. happening, go to the why. Why is this happening? Instead of feeling that conversation heading in a different spot, start there. Why are we here? And, And back out the layers. And that's true with your kids. Your kids are the same thing. It begins with that communication piece. And that is the key thing with any any relationship and the sooner you teach your children that and give them the voice and give them that level of communicating early on the better they will be able to resolve those problems and the better communicator they'll be and the kinder they will be amazing well your work with the kindness campaign definitely gives me hope (laughs) Um, you. you know in a world where we're seeing you know so many headlines about bullying more projects like 13 reasons why like it's a scary time to have a child um and you definitely like this work you know is a it's a light in this world so i want to talk a little more about you um and let's talk about the misses which (laughs) is um an all-female pop rock band that has been featured on good morning america buzzfeed grammy.com the Queen Latifah show, and in Billboard and People magazine. Wow. I mean, I'm <laughs> sitting you. with a rock star here. Oh. <laughs> well, and so yeah, tell me a little bit about this band because what I know is that, like we said, it's all female. Mm-hmm. And you all came together, you know, after becoming moms or after your careers and you, you learned instruments later on in life. That's right. I mean, right. we're kind of always told that you have to learn an instrument when you're a child or else... You know, you won't be able to play music, but your story is very different. And yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. So yeah, we I did. And actually, I think uh, it all stems back from being a mom. And I, th- I was, my kids were just a little bit younger than yours. And um, my kids were three, almost three and almost one. And I was looking for piano lessons for my, my oldest daughter. And I stumbled upon this place in Austin called Natural Ear Music. And they were like, okay, 
Kate's a little too young to be playing piano, but I can, you know, there's this group of moms that get together and jam out. Do you want to come jam with them? I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no. I don't play an instrument. They're like, and I had mentioned something about like a boyfriend in high school playing drums and they were like, oh, we're looking for a drummer. So that's kind of how this whole journey began. And I agreed to play and meet them and they were called the Mambos and uh, we I learned two songs in three weeks and we played at Havita's here in town and my kid my husband brought my oldest and uh, and my friends all came and it was such a bonding experience you know it's like when you talk about back then there wasn't my tribe or anything and I was I think I was needing that I, I was needing to feel at that moment in the the the, the throes of motherhood that I wasn't working anymore. I had, I was, you know, full on, I had been working, I was a pharmaceutical rep before then, and I'd been working full time. And then I was in the throes of motherhood. And I was like, who am I? You needed your own identity and you needed. Yeah. And yeah. I think it came at the perfect time for me to say yes to something because mm-hmm. before then I was being full on mom. And believe me, I was still, I am still full on mom, but I, I I said yes, and when I kind of started doing this and I took the stage, I realized these women relied on me to do something that for the first time I felt this tribe feeling, Mm -hmm. something I'd never felt before, and at this age where it felt empowering. And I found myself for the first time in a really unique way. And so I sent an email out to all my good girlfriends. And I said, hey, do y'all want to do this? It's like a book club, but it'll be like a music club. And so we met once a week for a long time. And we were called like Glam Slam or something. I don't know. We were called something. And then we decided to do 80s cover rock. And, and we started learning 80s music. And we were called the Cover Girls for a long time. Started p- performing all over Austin. And then... Soon that just evolved. You know, Austin, people are like, oh, my gosh, come play here, do this. And Austin's so awesome. And then I I just got the bug and decided to create my own label. And, you know, fast forward now, it's almost 10 years I've been doing this. And I I fell in love with music and writing my own music and with the girls that are in the band now. And, I mean, we're really doing it. We're in our sec- – we're creating our second album right now and – uh, you know, it's just been a really fun, fun journey. And the whole idea is to empower other women to go out there and live their life and right. and live out their dreams at whatever age. That's what I think is so amazing. I mean, not only is this, you know, it's it's doing really cool things, but I think, you know, that just, just because you've become an, a mother or you have this career or that career doesn't mean you can't learn a new skill set, doesn't mean you can't, you know, make dreams come true. And that, yeah, there are no, you know, boundaries in life. Like you can, you know, at whatever age, you can go for it. Absolutely. I am flying um, out this week to Mexico City to see a good friend of mine who used to be a pop star she was in the band Fandango. Oh, wow. And <laughs> she was what I call, uh, she used, it's like the Spice Girls of Mexico. And she literally, I have, she, her, our kids were in uh, pre-kinder together. And through all of this, I've been talking with her. She's getting back into it. And she's like, Andrea, I got the band back together. I've got the girls back together. And I'm going to go see her take the stage and I couldn't be 
It makes me a little emotional. I couldn't be more proud of her. And I'm so excited for her to do this because every day she would come see me perform and she'd say, I need to do this. And I'm like, yes, you do. Well, something like this, it fills you up. Yeah. You know, and being a mother, you know, it's a it's a lot on your plate. Yeah. And if you're also working full time, again, it's a lot on your plate. And if you if you don't have those hobbies and those those other types of yeah. outlets, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily like the best setup. So having something like this that you can pour energy in, but yeah. it also like replenishes you, I think is so important. It is so critical today for women to feel they can. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. You can go do it. It doesn't have to be anything big. You don't have to do mm-hmm. – You it can be I've always wanted to yep. fill in the blank and go do it. Yeah. Just put one foot in front of the other and go do it. And yeah. that's been the whole, my whole message. Yep. And so I've enjoyed being able to spend the last couple years telling women and, ex- and talking to women and sharing my stories so that women will feel like they can. Totally. We have um, one of our local Hello My Tribe members here in Austin who just started voice lessons. And she's about two years postpartum. And it's her like weekly self-care. Like it's her time for herself. And again, like she's in her 30s and it's like something she's always wanted to do. And she's doing it. Yeah. And it's amazing. I'm so proud of her like you. Like so proud of her. So a little bit about your motherhood journey. Will you share a bit about your transition into motherhood? Yeah, so I got married and got pregnant on the honeymoon. So we have similar stories. So the transition was just like fast there. (laughs) And, you know, I I think I was one of those girls. I never said, oh, I can't wait to be a mom. You know, I just knew I was going to be. It was one of those things where I, I don't even know how to explain. I just think that I... I love being a mom and my transition I think was interesting because I'm not a very domestic mother, like I'm not a cook. And um but I love to braid and do hair. I always like I'm crafty. And so like when it comes to art projects, I'm like we've got to win. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like how can how can we get the, get the glue gun out, you know? <laughs> I'm like but my kids are very impressed if they see me in the kitchen. I was making pancakes this morning, and they're like, Mom, these are great. So you do cook a little oh, bit. Oh, but it's... it's <laughs> pancakes. No, they want to take pictures if they see me in the kitchen. <laughs> they're like, Mom, you're cooking. Yeah. Yay. So, but I'm just not a super... That's not... My mom was, and I, I, I for some reason, I think I just... I, I sewed, and I did all that growing up, but then I just... I'm not... I'm not designed that way. I always in, I started playing piano when I was younger, but then when my brother would go outside play basketball, I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna go play basketball, mom." So my kids just see that in me. But yeah. I, I, my both my girls love to sew and love to cook, and so it's one of the. I feel like it's a generation skip thing. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I love being a mom. I love being able to be with them. But I ha I I feel like I was one of those moms that was by the book you know I did the okay you're gonna you know I followed the you're gonna sleep through the night at this time and you're gonna do this I followed all the rules but I I I don't know how to explain my motherhood except that I just did it It, I I guess it it feels like 10 and 12 years ago was so long ago (laughs) maybe I 
it's a blur. It yeah. felt very like I was very tired. Well, and that's kind of a blessing <laughs> of motherhood, right? You kind maybe. of forget about those. I didn't get really... postpartum depression, but maybe mm-hmm. because I was um I started I started music, right? Yeah. You know, which was wonderful. Which could have been your own version of therapy. It might have been. Yeah. I think getting into that really helped. Mhm. So what surprised you most about motherhood and what were some of the challenges you experienced and maybe you're experiencing them now, you know, versus during that initial postpartum period? I would say now is some of my hardest, right? I think early on was just so fun. Like it was challenging, but fun. They were so cute and, Mm -hmm. you know, it was challenging, but they were sweet, and and now it's like they talk, and <laughs> you have you have almost teenagers. I do. I yeah. have the tween. They inform me they are tweens. Tweens. You know, so they they like that term. They do. <laughs> they are tweens, and they're letting me know that they're almost teens, and so I have real people on my hands, mm-hmm. and so we are we are walking into this world where, you know, I I write songs about it. I um, you know, I get emotional about my girls now now is where it's hard yeah now is where I feel and it's been it's been hard right it's just I think every stage you learn how (laughs) this is when it gets emotional how to be a better mom Mm -hmm. but I think the struggle for me now is juggling work being a mom being there there's you know before their schedule, you just scheduled your life. And <laughs> this is the hard part, right? And and you scheduled their play date around your life. Now they have their life. Yeah. And you're trying to have your life and your family life. And that's when it gets hard. It's a this lot is of moving, the hard stuff. It's a lot of moving pieces. There's so many moving pieces. And I think if I ask all my friends today... A lot of my friends have kids that are graduating. This is this is the hard stuff. This is you have just a little bit of time left with them, you know, and you want to share every moment. Yeah. So you feel like, did I do enough? Or have you know? And you want to hug on them more, and they're like, "Bye, mom." And I'm like, "Did did did I do that growing up? Did I did I wait?" And you want to give them kisses, and they're like, "Bye," and. When they were little, you just kissed all over them. Right. So this is becoming the hard part. Um, and and this is becoming, this to me is the hard part. And and it, this yeah. is this is it for me right now. <laughs> oh, you're in the thing of it. Yeah. So I, two things. I recently, there was like an article going viral that says you only have 18 summers with your children. Uh, yeah. Like under your roof. And that put yeah. things, I mean, you know those days are long especially in the right. the newborn stage and but now that i'm kind of out yeah. of that thick of it like i'm finally realizing how fast it goes by and like that 18 summers things it's like oh my gosh yeah i, I mean i have all my friends that would tell me that i would be like oh my gosh this is so hard they don't know how sleepless nights are or you know like their kids were older than mine and i'd be like this is so hard you know because i had one that never slept she still doesn't sleep and then I had one that's like I just put her down and she'd sleep through the night I was like something wrong and so but those to me that just was so 
nice. Like it just, they were there all the time. And it was like, you just, you had all this ease of, they were babies and they were, it was just beautiful. And now I feel like they're just, they're doing their thing. And so I'm just, there's always this time where you're thinking, okay, am I cultivating all of this in the right way? Do I have, or, or am I giving enough offerings to them? Have I told them all the things they need to hear? Do they see everything they need to see? Did I say the right things? Yeah. Did they Did they see me in the right way? You know, there's like, and they can talk back now if they, if they don't agree. Exactly. You know. Right. Like, prime yeah. example. My daughters were in two plays this past weekend, and uh, they performed twice. My husband went to the baseball game. Because Red Sox Astros are playing, <laughs> and he was not required to be at both performances, and they knew he wasn't. It was like he, even if he was in town, he was not required. But Mom was required to go to both performances. We we actually talked about this. They were like, "Well, of course, Mom, you would want to go to both." <laughs> but Dad, he's so I was like, "So you clearly see that there." Are you have different kind of not demands but requirements right. of mom and dad and they were like yes they literally were like yes so they just have different expectations of mom and dad and so i know this but so i'm just it's just an interesting mothering time for me of like expectations of mom mm-hmm. and dad and a trying to meet them b trying to give them a reality check, right? but also fostering the love and what's needed for them. Yeah. But anyway, we could talk for like <laughs> way too long on all of this as I'm in the throes of mothering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I also read recently, um, I think it was an NPR article about that mothers of teenagers need community just as much as mothers of newborn kids. Yes. And obvious are newborn babies. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not there yet, but now I'm starting to realize it's a whole different host of, of issues. And like you know, you're you're going through so much, yet life is so much busier. And right. if you don't have that support system of the other moms who are you know in the same boat as you, talking about it, and talking about the bullying, talking about you know some issues at school or what you as a mom are feeling, yeah. you know, with all these changes. And then once your kids move away to college, I mean, that's a whole nother transition for a woman. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because, and that's why I think it's kind of important. I remember my mom, when I went away to college, I was her life. Right. And now she's definitely a step. But I remember that we talked every day on the phone mm-hmm. when I went off to school. And she just, you know, it was, I, I don't want to say that, it was a hard time for both of us, I think. You know, she was very involved in everything I did. And so I think it was just very difficult for both of us and, and for her especially, you know, because then she needed to reestablish what she was doing. And and I think for women today, there's a lot more. There's social media to connect, but there's there's you have to find your passion, find a way to continue it while being with all the expectations that are required of you as your mom, as being mom to your kids, and then and cultivate that throughout being a mom. And there's a way to do it. And I think that as moms, as we support each other through that, then then 
I think that there's a way to be happy and to really feel like you are supported. And, and even with your spouses, helping each other find that balance that there's not really balance. It's hard. But the way to juggle all that together well, I think you're doing an amazing job and <laughs> such a wonderful example in terms of finding your passion. Um, so last question for you. So at Hello My Tribe, we really believe in guilt-free self-care. So what are your favorite ways to focus on your well-being? Obviously, this band yes. and your work with the Kindness Campaign. But like on a daily basis, how are you taking care of you? I have to work out. Like that is a must. And so it has looked a little differently over the years of working out. But, you know, I got up this morning, went and worked out. It's just critical that I work out. And I think that that's just mind, body, and soul. My degree is kinesiology. And so for me, that's just a thing. So that's a must. And I do it. If not, I try to do it every day. If it doesn't get in every day, then I figure it out. I think eating properly is another good source. For me, you know, it, it looks a little differently every day. I don't have a, a special regimen, but I just, I try to eat as healthy as possible because that's how I keep my energy up. So those two things are a must for me. I would love to get massages, but that doesn't always happen. Um, but I try to get it in some form of whether I was going to a chiropractor for a little while mm -hmm. just to get adjustments, but because I'm so physical with drumming and all the things I do. So those are some kind of like self-care that I do. I think it's important. And this is very, very simple, but I keep like you know, like little face mask kind of things. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll do that. I think it's just kind of important skin and yeah. all of the, you know, those things. You don't have to go out of the house to go get things done for yourself. Sometimes I'll just put little eye masks on and I just feel like I've done something good for myself. And that makes me feel good. I'll be walking around the house. The girls are like, oh, mom, you're scaring me. <laughs> well, and but, I, I think that's so important to talk about, you know, that self-care 99% of the time shouldn't cost money. It shouldn't yeah. it shouldn't require you to leave the house. And I think from so many moms, you know, where their money is going to daycare, to a nanny, to, you know, these other resources, like they still have to practice self-care. And it's like, how can you do it on yeah. a budget or at home or, you know, just those small things that make you feel a little better? That I that and one other thing I did this weekend which seems so crazy, but I I Sometimes picking one thing and organizing it yes. really makes me feel good. And maybe that's just me, but I do think that that's self-care. I organized the underneath of my uh, sink in my bathroom this yes. weekend and got rid of stuff. And literally, like, freeing myself of just random stuff made me feel so good this weekend. Yeah. So I'm starting Monday feeling really great. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually did a little project in my pantry last week. This is going to sound so funny, but I, I changed all the baskets in my pantry from, like, wire to mm. white plastic. So it's still a mess inside, but I can't see it because it's white plastic. So now that I go into my pantry, it looks so much cleaner. But it, it's all and about it's perception. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about how you yeah. feel. And I think it's sometimes those little things that really help just kind of either kickstart your day, make you feel like you've accomplished one thing, yeah. or it just kind of helps get you to that next phase. And, yeah. and even if it's like a bite size of something, it's like, oh, I did a little eye mask. Would I have liked to go to a spa? Yeah, but it didn't get there. Or like right. do a little, I have this ball that massages my neck. Sometimes I'm like, well, that I can get to a massage, like get a massage, but this little ball thing helped. Yeah, Great, you know. Totally. 
Well, Andrea, thank you so much for being such a bright, shining light <laughs> in this world and for all of your impactful work. It's it's truly amazing. Thank you. Well, I, I'm proud of you, and I think you're doing amazing things, and thank you for having me on the show. Thank you, Mama. Thank you for listening in this week. For more information from this interview with Andra about the kindness campaign and the misses, visit hellomytribe.com and click on podcasts.